0: Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast exploring loving God and loving our neighbors, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm Tommy Morris, and in the studio with me today is my co-host, Sean Schomer. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having Scott me. Scott is not with us. He's not feeling too hot this week, so uh, we'll have him back in the studio to join us for the next podcast. Be back uh, next week. week. Be back next week. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. So this week, we are finishing up our look at the five solas. And we've, we've gone through Sola Scriptura. You and I did that one. And then while you were on the road helping people from the hurricanes, Scott and I recorded on Sola Fide and Sola Gratia. And then the three of us were able to get together for the first time in the studio and do Solus Christus. Now we look at Soli Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. And this is kind of the culmination of it all.
1: That's right. So the I guess the definition of glory would be praise, honor, splendor, magnificence, excellence, majesty, kingly majesty, supremeness, perfection.
0: Yeah, it's different ways that it's used depending kind of on how the word glory is used in context of scripture. I mean, those are all some some pretty, I'd say, heavy, weighty words, you know, when we're, when we're looking at a kind of how those would describe God.
1: Yeah. Supreme. Perf- yeah. You know, perfection. perfection.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that, that perfection, when we think about that, I think right out of the gate, when we, when we talk about glory, we're giving glory, we're giving these words, we're giving praise, we're giving honor, you know, we're magnifying or giving kind of worship or praise to something in mm. some way. Right. Right. We're called to give it to God. But I think you've, you've talked a lot in our podcasts about kind of the humanism and how we look to ourselves. And so we kind of have this tendency to maybe try to bring the glory or shine the glory upon ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were made to worship and that's just our, our default. You know, we're made to worship. We were created to worship God, but falling short in sin and all that we still have that worshiping nature wanting to worship something so we we fill that empty hole in our heart that god-sized hole we fill it with something else our self any you know any kind of idol we want to fill it it can be you know money yourself i mean work anything but your your worship is or our worship is pointed in so many different directions. And when we get saved, we, you know, we understand where our true worship truly is, and where it should be, and uh, we give praise, honor, and glory to God alone.
0: Yeah, and that's what we want to look at today. That everything from creation all the way through Scripture to our salvation, all of it is for the glory of God alone. It's not for our glory. It's not for us to shine. It's not for us to bestow that upon anybody else, you know, that honor is for God and God alone. And that's what we want to look at today. And, you know, one of the things uh, that we, you already mentioned is that we have fallen short, you know, that when, when we think of the, the part of the definition that you read was perfection, that if glory represents perfection, well, Romans three twenty three says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of that perfection. You know, we don't measure up to what is needed for salvation. You know, and I think that that points back to, you know, a lot of our, our other episodes on the Five Solas when we did faith alone and and grace alone. Those things are are needed because we could not in ourselves achieve that perfection.
1: Yeah, it had to be God calling us out of the darkness and through his grace through Christ alone through faith in Christ alone. We are saved, and it's and it's not our own doing. So that you know, Ephesians two, so that no one may boast. You know, our our salvation is not even our salvation is to God's glory. Like we didn't do anything for, for you know for this salvation. Otherwise, it would you know it'd be works based. If we if we did even if we did an ounce of something for our salvation, then we would have we would have bragging rights, so to say. Like, oh yeah, I, you know, God did most of it, but I did this one thing, you know, or I did these two or three things. We did none of it. <laughs> we we have fallen short of the glory of God, and He had to He had to rip us out of our darkness, out of the darkness, and put us into the world of light.
0: Yeah, we were dead in our trespasses. Yeah, He had to quicken us and bring us to life.
1: Yeah, and even our salvation is to God's glory. I mean, everything is to God's glory.
0: And so in that, and the fact that we fell short in the Old Testament, God gave the law and the purpose of the law wasn't to bring us to perfection. The purpose of the law was to show us our sin and to show us how we have fallen. It was kind of like a mirror that we look in and we see our sin. So Romans 7, 7, Paul writes about, about this aspect of the law uh, revealing our sin. He says, what then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would have not known sin, for I would not have known that what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. So he's saying that the law pointed out sin. It it showed we are violating these commands of God. We're violating the character of God when we do these things. And so the law was was just there to be a mirror to show us our sin, Mm -hmm. to show us that we're not perfect.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of them too, like in Deuteronomy where it lays out like all the law and whatnot and like everything they had to do like in the Pentateuch, you know, just to like all the sacrifices and, you know, whenever this happens, you, you bring your bull and you, you know, you sacrifice him, you throw the blood on the altar, you burn the fat, you do this with this, you know, and like all like all the sacrifices, like all those were like a a foreshadowing
0: of Christ. Yeah, and all the washings and and everything that had to happen. The
1: the washing and, you know, you're unclean, you go outside the city for X amount of days and then you can come back and then you have to do all these sacrifices and then through the law where, where it talks about, like, where it goes into, like, the sabbatical year and everything, like, leading up to it and, like, all the do's and don'ts and this and all that stuff. I mean, it's like, there's no way... There's no way we could have kept any of that, like, perfectly.
0: No, and they had to keep doing it over and over, yeah. right? It, was, it wasn't it was like you do it once and then you're good for life.
1: Yeah, it was, so, like, repetitive, like, all the time.
0: Which is why we needed a Savior. Yeah. Which was the the whole thing of Jesus coming to be that once and for all sacrifice. And this, this takes us into the, the point that we did an episode on Sola Scriptura, and and scripture being sufficient. And the thing about scripture is that we we have to remember that it, it's not about us. Once again, it's not about our glory. You know, the Bible isn't about us. We're not the heroes of the story.
1: Mm.
0: You know, and I think a lot of times we like to read ourselves into scripture. So there's there's exegesis, which is is going through and rightly dividing the word of god and and what it says and looking at things in context there's eisegesis which is reading into the text something that's not there uh, but there's a guy named Chris Roseborough who has this term he calls narcissism which is where we read ourselves into the text we kind of have this narcissistic view that we are the hero of the text you know and i think a lot of people do that read scripture and and think this is all about me
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean there's All these stories, you know, from seemingly most of them kind of come from the Old Testament, but people like to to say that like we're like David. You know, David represents us, you know, like I have heard that. You gotta slay your giants, man.
1: Well, your giants. This is, you know, you're you know, the whole David and Goliath, like attack your giants. I have heard that.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, people will try to say, you know, do this comparison with like Moses or like Elijah. Elijah is a big one taking on the prophets of Bel up on Mount Carmel. And, and there's just this constant of kind of reading us in of us being the next Moses and us being the next David and us being the next Elijah. And, and the thing is, is the Bible isn't about us being the next David. It's not about us at all. It's about Jesus. You know, when we think about the story of David and Goliath, we're more like the scared Israelites, hiding, afraid to fight. <laughs> we can't do this. No, we can't do it on our <laughs> it's own. It's too big. <laughs> we need a savior. David does not represent us. David represents Jesus yeah. coming to save his people. You know, we look at the same thing of, of Joseph, you know, and how he was used to save his family and the famine. We look at Moses being the deliverer of the Israelites out of Egypt. Jesus is the one who delivers us from bondage. That is not about us. You know, Elijah, same thing. I mean, Elijah, it was only through the power of God that Elijah did anything on Mount Carmel because, you know, a few weeks later, he's hiding in a cave, scared to death that he's going to die at the hand of, of um, hmm. Jezebel. You know, but the, the story that we see throughout scripture, and it is, it's one consistent story is a story about Christ. Now you even said it the the sacrifices of the old testament they were foreshadowing
1: yeah and all those all those big uh those big heroes of the bible the the moses and the davids and all those they they were all like foreshadowings of christ like you said but they all had a little bit of a little bit of smut on their character you know because they weren't the perfect savior and each you know every single character in the bible like you said elijah hiding because he was scared and all that every character has something except one and that is jesus
0: yeah and that's that's the thing is god used people who were sinful fleshly you know at at times did things that were were bad i mean david with adultery and murder you know abraham lying and saying that sarah his wife was his sister and you know moses and just the fear that he battled and even him murdering the egyptian yeah you know i mean so over and over there was sin in the in their hearts because these weren't perfect men right you know they were types and shadows but like you said they weren't the perfect so that goes back to All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, including these people that we look at as heroes of the faith. But there was one who could keep the law perfectly, and that was Jesus. There was one hero. One. (laughs) And that's where the glory
1: belongs, is to that one hero. And reading ourselves into scripture and reading, it's just like we've talked about before, it's just, you know, selfish. You know, it's that self idol that everybody everybody deals with in one way or the other.
0: Yeah. And I, and it's, it's not bad to look at men of faith and say, you know, I would like to be able to step out in faith and in boldness the way they did, you know, but sometimes I think we need to ask ourselves, what's the motive when I say that I want to be like Elijah or I want to be like David, you know, what is that motive? Is it because they did these great things and we want to do something great so that people can look at us and, and we can receive glory because I'll tell you this, I don't hear very many people saying, I want to be like (laughs) Stephen." Yeah, this is true. (laughs) Yeah, being being stoned.
1: (laughs) And then asking, you know, while he's being pummeled with rocks, asking God, like, God, forgive them. Like, he's praising God while he's being beaten with rocks. Yeah. Like you said, nobody asked for that.
0: (laughs) No. And he had one of the boldest... Yeah, Steve, sermons. I mean, speech. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like laid it all out on the table yeah. prior to that, which is, you know, what led to him getting stoned. But, you know, nobody's looking at that and going, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be the next Stephen, yeah. you know, or nobody even like you think about people like Philip, you know, or even Barnabas who they're mentioned, but they're not a lot. There's not a lot of like, wow, stories about these guys. There's just, you know, there's verses that just show to their, their faithfulness. And following Christ. But nobody's going, oh, I want to be a Barnabas or I want to be a Philip. Everybody wants to be like the guy who had the seemingly the accolades and the great wow moment. But the thing is, these guys, they didn't point to themselves. Elijah, David, you know, they, they pointed to God. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they gave God the glory. They weren't in it for their own glory. You know, we see people who were in it for their own glory. People like Saul, King Saul. They fell. I mean, it did not end well. When you start trying to, you know, self-gloss and make it about yourself, it it tends to not go well. So throughout the Old Testament, you know, all the way through all of Scripture, we see this theme that it is about the glory of God. It is about worshiping and praising and adoration and glory to Him. and And like you said, to Him alone, you know, and like you said, it starts with creation and the whole purpose that we were created to begin with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the trees, the moon, the stars, like everything. The whales. I saw this cool YouTube video of like the stars. They aimed a super high powered uh, microphone into space because they were looking for aliens or whatever. And they aimed it on like a cluster of stars. And they, you know, they were getting sound like from the stars. And it kind of sounded like kind of like a messy violin, you know, I was making like a, like a stringed instrument, instrument sound. And then they aimed it at like another big star and it kind of made like a, like a thumping kind of sound, like a thump, 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 kind of, you know, like a little bit of a bass sound. And then that, so they, they took like the clips of the stars and the whales and like put them together. And it, it kind of made like a song of, Creation singing God's glories. That's pretty cool. And, you know, the birds, you know, we think about like the birds chirping and they're, I like to think that the birds are, you know, singing God's glory in between their,
0: all their other calls and whatnot. Well, it's interesting when you go out and you sit like in the middle of, of nowhere and nothing. It's just nature. Yeah. The feeling of peace. But also when you do, you hear, the birds or you might hear you know some frogs over here or some insects and you know you hear the the trees or the leaves bristling in the wind and it and it does it just it's like you can hear all of creation glorifying god like praising god yeah. in all of it you know it is just it's kind of cool
1: you know like we've been saying we were created for god's glory not that god god needed it like god was living perfectly father son and holy spirit perfectly harmoniously without us before time before before even time itself you know which is crazy to think about and uh yeah and then created us to to worship him to glorify him and he created us like the earth the stars the moon the whales everything pieced it together and there's there's parts of the ocean that are still unexplored there's parts of space that we're still we're still finding new clusters and galaxies and uh, planets and Milky Ways and all this all this cool stuff, and uh, God created all of that. Even the stuff that we haven't find that we probably won't even find in our lifetime, God created all of that to His glory and for us to like see and be like, oh man, isn't God great? <laughs> and like give the glory to God. And it, so our even in before even in the creation was God's glory, yeah,
0: yeah, and it is. It's a marvelous thing to look at God's creation, you know. And that that just when you get out and you look up at the stars and you're and you're there and and, and you just see it all. I mean, it's how can you not marvel at the hand of God? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you think about even just things like if we were any closer to the sun, we'd burn up. If we were any further away. Earth would freeze. Yeah. If there was any differentiation of oxygen and hydrogen in the air, we wouldn't be able to breathe. I mean,
1: the magnetic field that is around
0: the earth and the little
1: tilt that we're spinning on is, is all part of it Yeah, perfectly.
0: And it's all to marvel at the hand of God who created it.
1: I remember I've been to the grand Canyon once and here in like the coyotes and all that and there's there's no light pollution. So you, you look up and you can just see the galaxy that we live in, the Milky Way, everything, all the stars that you don't get at home because of light pollution. it was super cool. And even in the Sobi game camp when we were in Zambia that last night, we were all sitting around the fire and the only light we had was you know the firelight. And as the fire started dying down, like more and more of the stars, because we were out in the African bush, like just sitting by the that little uh, that little like river or whatever, the warm fire, the cool night, looking up the stars and just seeing, just seeing all the cool stars on the other side of the world that I don't get to
0: see over here. It's yeah, pretty neat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, other side of the world and Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. We get to see it, and in those moments, I mean, you just. You realize how big God is. Yeah. You know. I mean, you realize that you can't even fathom how big and how great God truly is.
1: Yeah. And that's just a, a small little piece, you yeah. know, the Grand Canyon or, you know, the bush of Africa, just a just a tiny piece of the sky. Like, I've never seen the night sky in Australia, you know? I'm sure it's great over
0: there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. And so throughout scripture, I mean, it's great to talk about this aspect of it, but throughout scripture, we also see that it's always been about the glory of God. I mean, we, we see it, we've talked about the old Testament, we've talked about Moses and in that time, you know, in Exodus 14, four, God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. And I, God speaking of himself, will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And he says this again in verse 17. So, he, you know, we've talked in the past, other episodes, about what things are repeated in scripture. Mm. You know, and here in verse four and in verse 17, God is saying that he will get glory over Pharaoh. We think about like that position of Pharaoh. I mean, you want to talk about a person on earth trying to bring glory upon themselves. Oh, yeah. I think historically, Pharaoh. Has been one of the biggest.
1: Yeah, yeah, pyramids and statues, and even after you're dead, you're still like as as glorified as as a human being can be, like in your in this huge pyramid
0: <laughs> with all your riches. Yeah, with
1: with everything and your little statue and all that.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know they were looked at as being like a god in in a sense. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, like you said, all the stuff they built as tributes to themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, just shows. And God is here going, I will get glory over Pharaoh. For what purpose? So that the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. You know, so right there, I mean, right out of the gate, we see glory to God and that destruction of man's glory or attempt to glorify himself.
1: Yeah, in First Chronicles 29:11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above
0: all. That has a lot of like buzzwords, I would say. Yeah. When we think about glorifying God.
1: Yeah, like we touched on in the beginning, greatness, power, glory, Victory, majesty. Don't really hear the word majesty used much anymore.
0: No, you don't, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Not very common nowadays.
1: And then you are exalted. Yours is a kingdom. You are exalted as a head above all.
0: Yeah. Sounds like somebody had things in proper perspective here. I think so. Who God is.
1: I think so. They nailed it.
0: Yeah. In Isaiah 43, 7, kind of points back to what you had already said everyone who is called by my name whom i created for my glory whom i formed and made and then it goes on but you know i think it's interesting whom i created for for what for my glory Mm -hmm. you know that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the purpose of god creating us to begin with you know we were made to glorify and to worship him
1: yeah and him alone in isaiah 42 8 i am the lord that is my name my glory, I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols.
0: Yeah, that's that about sums up the whole thought of this in yeah. one one passage. You know, he first of all saying, "I am." You know, we talked about that. I think on on uh, the last episode with uh, Solus Christus about that that name, "I am." That. Uh, you had pointed out that that's the name he gave when Moses, you know, yeah. was like, "Well, who do I say sent me?" Right? I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And how Jesus used that in the New Testament in in stating that He was God. And so here we are in Isaiah forty two eight. I am the Lord. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. And He's not saying this isn't God saying I'm not going to give praise. It's Him saying I'm not going to share.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know throughout scripture it says god is a jealous god and i and i've heard some people take issue with that like oh why is god jealous yeah jealous
1: gets a, a negative connotation in our vocabulary but yeah and uh i think the el i had this book the the names of god and i think it was el was jealous god and it pretty much touches on that like he will share his his praise and his glory with no other. He wants us to worship him and him alone, and that's why he created us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I think in one of the American gospels they talk about this about someone raising issue uh, with it. Um actually the story was Oprah. Oprah when she was young heard someone say that God was a jealous god and in her mind that meant God was jealous of her and that is what turned her away from Uh, traditional Christianity. And it was just a simple fact If she didn't understand what it meant and didn't ask anyone. She just made this judgment. And, but the person in the American gospel documentary said, you know, if, if you owned a multimillion dollar company and I walked in and started telling you how to run it and started making changes and doing whatever I wanted to do in it, you would have a sense of jealousy for your company that you built, that you created for your creation, right? And, you know, you kick me out quickly, right? (laughs) Who are you to come in and think that you know how to run what I created? And so in that same sense, God is a jealous God and that he created everything and everything is for his glory and his glory alone. And he will not share that with anyone. So then we continue to see, you know, as we've looked at, God receiving glory in the Old Testament. We continue to see this in the New Testament. You know, Ephesians 3.21 says to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul is here stating again uh, that the glory is to to Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 10.31 says that whatever we do, we're doing it our own self gain, right? Is that what it says?
1: I, yeah, I think I think that's verbatim. Yeah, yeah, verbatim. Yeah, yeah to, to benefit us. No, it says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And this one's this one's a great great one. I love this verse. That's one that I memorized early on. It would help me a lot just walking throughout my day, even grocery shopping. You know, just little stuff like you know, I get frustrated with the dude in front of me who's taken way too long to like pick out his milk or whatever. It's like, okay, like, so either, whether I'm grocery shopping or driving on highway 98, like do all to the glory of God. And so this was a good reminder. But yeah, it is everything we do, you know, whether, you know, Paul was in prison to God's glory. It's it, it, everything you do. It doesn't say like, hey, when things are good and you're happy, give God glory. It says, you know, and it gives us two examples, whether you eat or drink. And then the very next line, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So it doesn't it doesn't just stop at eating and drinking. You know, we say a prayer before we eat. We, you know, talk about God around the kitchen table, which is good. But it doesn't stop at the kitchen table like it, take it take first Corinthians ten thirty one into your life, into driving, grocery shopping. What if you're in prison? Like, give
0: give glory to God. Yeah, and I think too, it will help us in walking out holiness when we think, is this thing I'm doing going to bring glory to the name of Christ, mm-hmm. or is it going to be something that might smear, might smear His name? Yeah, you know, or bring, you know, bring a bad testimony. You know, and so we think about that, like in everything we do, are we glorifying God in our attitudes? I mean, like driving on ninety eight. I mean, your attitude gets tested yeah, in the traffic here, and it's it's something I'm more aware of ever since I put the Live Oak and the, and the deed and truth podcast <laughs> sticker on the back windows. I'm a, more, I'm a little more aware of, of how I drive. and yeah, you got a, little, you know. a little accountability yeah, on dude, your back window. It brings some quick accountability. You're <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Somebody's going to look at those stickers and be like, well, why this guy driving like a maniac and acting like a <laughs> jerk? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're supposed to do everything to the glory of God. Even the, the most mundane things. I mean, we've, I think we've talked about that before, um, that sometimes we act like it has to be, like we were talking earlier, the grand gesture, the big thing that the big man of faith in the Bible did. But honestly, I mean, folding our clothes, if we're doing that and the dishes and the mundane tasks of everyday life, if we're doing it to the glory of God, is an it's an act of worship. We can have a heart of worship in the most mundane things we do because we're called to do everything to the glory of God. And, and if, if that simply means being a good steward of the things that he's blessed us with, then so be it. We are doing that to the glory of God. That's right. So Philippians two, nine through 11, just want to read that one real quick too. says, therefore God has highly exalted him, speaking of Christ and bestowed on him the name that a ab- that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So here, just again, showing that all glory is to, to God, all glory is to Christ. And that in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. I mean, I think that's interesting because it's, Even those who did not confess Christ here on earth at the end before the judgment seat of God will not be able to to help but confess the truth that Jesus is Lord. It'll be too late, but at some point, everyone will see and understand who Christ is, Mm. you know, and it is for his glory. And so all the way to the end, it is pointing to the glory of God.
1: Yeah, we see in uh, like in Revelation four, where it kind of paints the picture of what heaven is gonna kind of look like. When John's in the vision and all that, there's there's the the throne that's uh, clothed, and there's one who sits there who's clothed in jasper and carnelian, and there's the sea of uh, sea of emerald out before the throne and there's a 24 says there's 24 elders around the throne and they're, you know, they're on their knees. They take off their crowns, their crowns, which in the, in the Bible, in, in our world too, is like royalty in the Bible, a crown is royalty. So these 24, these Royal elders, they're taking their golden crowns and just throwing them at the feet of God and singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And there's the, you've got the four, you know, the four creatures with the six wings. And one's, one's got the face of a man. One's got the face of a lion and or an eagle. And they got the the wings and the eyes and all the the crazy vision and all that. That John and and John's weeping. He's like, man, who... Oh, oh, whenever the scrolls, whenever the scrolls come, John's weeping. And he's like, what, who is, who is worthy? You know, who is worthy to open these scrolls? And, uh, one of the angels is like, hold on. There's, there is one who is worthy. One. Yeah. And there's this little spotless lamb, you know, next. And it's the lamb is Jesus who is worthy. Uh, you know, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the one who conquered the grave and then it goes into opening the scrolls and all the all the other stuff in revelation but yeah, that, just the just the whole scene of that you know the just the the majesty and the glory of that scene and the elders who are in power are taking their power and their glory and their crown and just casting it at the foot of god at the feet of god and just giving Worshipping God night and day,
0: and it's powerful because we, you know, we see that in Isaiah mm-hmm. when he has his vision of the, the presence of God, the train filling the temple, and God coming, and he sees them hovering around the throne, singing, holy, 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 giving that majesty, and and to go to Revelation and see that same picture, you know, that same uh, account that John writes about as as Isaiah wrote about and both of them writing about just this praise around the throne of God singing holy 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 you know and it's you you used the word majesty just a minute ago and it's when you think about the throne of God and you think him think about him sitting there we said the word majesty doesn't seem to get used a lot nowadays but when you think about that that just seems like such an appropriate word to use it just mm it kind of is fitting to describe that the glory of God in that way of just majesty. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, so just summarizing it all, you know, it's not about us. It never was from creation being created to glorify God to all that God did in the old Testament and how Moses and, and Elijah and David and all of them pointed back to God constantly. I mean, if you read through the writings of David, you see a man who's constantly pointing back to God, constantly pointing back to God, to the apostles in the New Testament, stating that it's you know for the glory of God alone, all the way to John's final writing, and showing us that in the end, it is all about crying, holy, 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 before the throne of God. And it is about casting crowns before the feet of jesus and, and and stating that any crowns i did get they weren't for my glory they were for the sole purpose of one day presenting them to the one who is worthy of all praise and all honor and that's an awesome that's an awesome thing when you get your eyes focused the right way you know and your heart focused the right way which is is to god
1: that's right
0: got any final thoughts uh, no. So as we finish up the five solas, uh, just to, to look back, you know, we talked about scripture alone and Jesus being the word, and that scripture is sufficient, and that all of scripture, as we talked about uh, last week, all of scripture is red letters because it's all spoken by the triune God. It's all inspired by God. Sola fide, it is in faith alone, by the grace of God alone. Sola gratia. In Christ alone, Solus Christus, and as we look this week, Soli Deo Gloria, all for the glory of God alone. And so remember these things as we finish out the year and continue to look to Christ. We appreciate you listening. We ask that you would check us out on your favorite podcast platform. We're dropping new episodes every Monday Monday. So go ahead and subscribe that way you don't miss an episode and please connect with us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at deed underscore truth or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube by searching the deed and truth podcast. You can also check out our website deed and truthpodcast.com where you can reach out, leave a message. You can even leave a voicemail on there for us. And then, uh, you know, we can answer your questions here on one of our episodes. That'd be great. So we look forward to hearing from you. And until next time.